future corpses and welcome to the gothic side of life i am of course your funeral guide glenn lee allen davis fear the priest descending into the past with relics of 90s alternative music that brave the new world discoveries in sympathy towards the millennial generation a new goth band emerges putting forth their own unique vision sword collector is a familiar sound with a fresh take on the continued abuse life has given us, helping to ponder our existence in the universe. Two of the members had a chance to join me in the funeral parlor to give their perspective on mental illness, sexuality, and the creation of their melancholy music. Let the conversation begin. Welcome Sword Collector in the studio today. I have Orion Johnson who plays guitar and I have uh, Carlos Cooper who plays uh, synth and the drum machine. Is that right, guys? That's right. More or less. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. <laughs> so right off the bat, I want to, I am curious because you guys are all from Texas. There's a lot going on in Texas. What's the music scene like over there right now, especially for your style of music? <laughs> Absolutely dead right now, of course. <laughs> I didn't know if it was getting back to normal or not, because it seemed like you guys are ahead of the pact as far as throwing everything through the wind and just fucking doing whatever you want. So, <laughs> I mean, that's, ac that's accurate. It's unfortunate, but very accurate. Yeah. But also, I mean, uh, you know, if you think about the types of folks that would embrace that kind of lawlessness, uh, there's not a lot of like DIY outfits that are uh into that sort of thing um and so a lot of i mean there are there are shows happening like it, in my town i know for sure um but they're like cover bands and bar bands and uh stuff like that texas right. country bands um yeah. not a lot of like punk or diy or indie or anything like that that, that are out now, have you guys yet. had a chance to play live yet uh, as a group? We have never practiced. We <laughs> we are quite the band, actually. We've all played in bands together growing up, you know. But uh, this one, since we are all so spread apart, um, we just haven't come together to really practice much. I mean, that's definitely going to change, of course. Uh, we do plan on doing a show, maybe. <laughs> now, now, that must be For an sure. odd thing or, as far as writing the music uh, or coming up with the concept did you find it hard for you guys to kind of come together or, or did it come naturally? It came naturally, actually. Uh, 
you know, we're me, Kyle and Carlos, we're, we're pretty close friends. We have been for years. So we're always just talking and, you know, eventually like, look, you know, we're bored, send me some stuff. <laughs> and so that's just kind of how it started. You know, Kyle and Carlos, they'll, they'll do their versions of everything. They kind of send it over to me and then I'll kind of throw the sauce on it, you know? Now, have you guys actually met in person or is it all? Oh, been- yeah. Okay. Me and okay. Kyle, I've known Kyle probably, I think we met in fourth grade. And then Carlos, I met, we probably met, what, like 2010? Probably a little bit later than that. So Kyle that sings and writes a lot of, or writes all the lyrics and everything, um, ran a DIY venue here in town that my hardcore band at the time played there almost every weekend. And so that was like 2011, I think. And that was, I met Kyle and Ryan at about the same time. And then Ryan and I were in a band together for a little while when we both still lived in town. And so actually I have experience playing music with both of them not fairly, at the same time. not at the same time, <laughs> separately. Ryan and I were in a band together and Kyle and I were in a band, a different band together. And then y'all were in a band together in high school. Oh you, yeah. You we've and been, Kyle? Kyle, yeah. That's who I started playing music with. So we've always just kind of been playing in bands together. Yeah. But the three of us to, uh, have never, did you guys grow up in the way. same neighborhood or something or like how, uh, cause from what I understand you live pretty, pretty far apart at the moment. Right now we do Uh corpus is small. Anything's a 15 minute drive. Me and Kyle, we grew up in, it's called the bluff. Uh, shout out. <laughs> shout out all the bluff <laughs> rats. Uh, yeah. So, you know, we've just been always close to each other. Uh, me and Kyle went, did go to high school together. Uh, Carlos went, you went to Carroll, right? Yeah. I went to a, I went to a high school on a much different side of town. Uh, Not or, wild. Kind of, <laughs> at least kind of far. Um, and so, yeah, we did, I was in college when I, when I met the two of them. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cause I mean, when I was in Hollywood, you know, playing my music and stuff, it was like, there were each of us were in a one bedroom apartment with our girlfriends, with a dog and two cats. So, you know, you, you kind of create this intimacy in a band as far as being together 24 seven uh, are you guys going to try to experience that or is that something that, Hey, you're comfortable with what you're doing? Well, part of the reason why we haven't like played or practiced or anything like that is that we all have like pretty demanding careers. Mm-hmm. Um, hours, hours wise for sure. I think Ryan heavily trumps the the rest of us, but for I, while, yeah. yeah, but <laughs> I, I own a record store here in town. Okay. Cool. Um, so something like that doesn't give you like a ton of opportunity to be away. Um, or, and I, it would obviously be, it would obviously be very difficult to just like move that somewhere else, you know? Um, yeah, unfortunately, but we're all kind of like nestled in our own town right now. Yeah. It's kind of packing up and moving yeah, a little we, farsighted. Yeah. We don't really have, uh, have jobs that we could lose and maintain our current like, yeah. standard of life. house. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I mean, was a homeowner, yeah. you know, so we're all pretty, we're all pretty heavily rooted, I get Where it. We are, unfortunately. I understand how that goes. And well, I mean, you guys are definitely creating some really great music and I hope Appreciate you that. continue. And I hope it, it becomes very successful because I love the music uh, from the moment I heard it. It's got that very nineties alternative feel like echo and the bunny mm-hmm. psychedelic furs. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's something that I remember hearing like back in Matt Penfield's 120 minutes back on MTV and shit, you know? So it's like, <laughs> it yeah. brings back a lot of uh, cool memories from that era. What are your guys's influences when it comes to that? Oh man. Uh, lately it's been a lot of dinosaur junior for me. I really, I know it's doesn't necessarily match the sound, but it's really just like the whole 
don't, don't take anything too serious, you know, just kind of go with it. Uh, I, everyone's waiting for me to say what the cure. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you can't uh, live without. The of cure. course. Uh, everyone loves Robert Smith, I guess. Yes. <laughs> Ryan, especially. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, just like kind of like the DIY thing from Dinosaur Jr. And then obviously like the, the synth pop kind of thing from the Smiths and the cure and all sorts of things like that. Now, do you yeah, guys I, all share that or is there? Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, no, I mean, I, I, I think there are definitely influences we all share. I love Dinosaur Jr. Uh, and I love The Cure. Um, not as much as Ryan does, but I do like The Cure. Uh, and, but there, but there are definitely things that uh, we kind of differ from, like, at, at least from a, I guess, like literary perspective, I know a huge influence on Kyle is the mountain goats and the way that John, John Dar- Darnell, always really hard <laughs> one to say, uh, is able to like, you know, craft these very like elaborate kind of story structures and things like that. And I like the mountain goats, but similarly to the cure with Ryan, not nearly as much as Kyle does. And then I really, I mean, I like John Carpenter is a synth God, obviously. So like, <laughs> yeah. that's like something I, uh, listen to a lot and so it's a very broad influence now what about as far as like deep like or old school like goth like christian death uh oh, i love christian death yeah oh man yeah <laughs> christian death is great um susie and the banshees is great i mean like um killing joke yeah and and it's interesting too like because we we all kind of uh have this agreed or not agreed upon but like this kind of music like you've heard that we that we make and we all are pretty um on the same page as far as like what we want the end product to look like but we all bring in such like weird and different um influences to like funnel into that kind of thing like i'm like a really big like late late 60s psych rock kind of guy like i that as a record collector i am always hunting for that kind of stuff but like i steer away from like this more like bubblegum psych pop folk kind of stuff and just the like heavily fuzzed like really dark and demented kind of like what happened to you that you made these sounds kind of stuff you know um yeah i mean so, experimentation is the foundation of any you know great music i mean that's that's the idea 100%. behind it is to do to take what you've you're influenced by and then take it a little bit further in a different direction. And, and I think you guys have been very successful at doing that. Appreciate uh, from, that. Thanks. From what I've heard, uh, I know that uh, I saw that with the album. Uh, now, Sword Collector, let me start out first. Sword Collector, where did you guys come up with that name or, or what's the inf- the story behind that? That's all Kyle. <laughs> that, is, that is a Kyle question. Yeah. Uh, if I remember it correctly, or at least I know like the impetus of it was um, – his father had given him like a literal sword. Um, that no, was more to he. That was his. growing up. Actually, his family would always gift him a sword. <laughs> oh, holidays. And okay. Things. See, I don't. And I so don't recall like that a, part of yeah, it. Growing up, like he would always have these random swords. He wasn't necessarily into swords, but he was like, "All right, I'm gonna own up to this." Yeah. <laughs> and it's just you know, it's just one of those things. It kind of sounds cool too. You know, like, I mean, it's it, as soon as Kyle said it, I was like, "That's fine." Yes, yeah, sound like that's I'm dope. <laughs> yeah, it's the family legacy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now I noticed too that you guys came out with the release, um, your first release in 2020, and then you have I see on Spotify that there's like a single, Nora's Wheels. Mm-hmm. 
of a, a, a broader release or is that just a single that you guys said, okay, let's, we had this, let's put it out there. That was a, um, a single for a compilation. Um, calling. Yeah. That darkness calling put together and it was to benefit the Trevor project, which is uh, a nonprofit organization um, that's focused on suicide prevention in the LGBTQ plus community. Um, we had been kind of toying around with that one uh, a little bit. And at that point, we hadn't really cemented what was happening next. We were still just kind of playing around with different sounds and ideas. We we thought maybe we were going to do another EP, but maybe like a six song instead of a four song. At, at the idea for an LP had been pitched at that point, but we hadn't quite taken it as seriously yet. And when darkness calling who has been very supportive of us from like the very beginning of like our first single releasing asked if we had anything it just made sense that like okay yeah we'll do this um, yeah it's definitely a cool song it's a, obviously it's in the same vein as the other uh, uh songs on the other ep but but it's still a really cool song by itself it's 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 Thank i you. love the vibe to it it's got a really cool vibe yeah, uh, most orange, just like little riffs. We're, we're constantly sending riffs back and forth. You know, we have like yeah. a little folder that we kind of go on, and that one was just kind of an idea I threw out, and then Kyle kind of really formed it into a song. We're like, Darkness Calling hit us up. We're like, here you go. Yep, there it is. <laughs> so how does that work? Yeah, so how does that work between you guys? Like, uh, Ryan, you as the guitar player, you come up with a riff, you send it to Kyle, he drives the bass, and Carlos throws in the drums, uh, or does it, it goes all directions? Kind of. So it, it really depends, like, anyone any of us can throw a song at each other you know we're all writers we all play pretty much all the instruments uh it kyle loves to write a whole song he'll send me the demo and then typically carlos will come in and be like all right you know i like what you got here's the bones i'm gonna throw so all his beats on there and then i'll kind of come in and I'm using like the last line of defense on it you know like i'll, I'll start throwing in my part the sauce man exactly the and then i just in the yeah. the production and everything so they'll send me rough demos and then i just kind of start playing around so you'll kind of see a pro hopefully i'm getting better <laughs> you know you'll, you'll notice through each song like hopefully the production's getting a little bit better as i learn new techniques and everything but i mean yeah i know how that goes yeah you you learn yeah. as you go and the more you do it the, the better you get at it so you're the one yeah. that's mainly mixing everything pretty much yeah they'll send me their their stems and everything and then i'll start you know mixing it up and then throwing all my my fun parts on there yeah, all of all of our songwriting is basically some variation of what we talked about with Nora's Wheels. Is like what Ryan or I will have an idea and we'll send something. And say, I don't know, this sounded kind of cool. And then all of a sudden, Kyle sends it back as like a fully structured song mm -hmm. uh, with like lyrics and everything. And then once Kyle has kind of done that, we you know, I don't know, maybe I don't care for the drums that were yeah. used. And so I'll, I'll use different drum sounds or I'll, just beef them up and I'll, kind of I'll use a fatter bass synth or something. Um, but of course there are times when Kyle sends like pretty full songs and, um, and I'll be like, okay, that's is, cool. Is there any, is there ever any argument over something that should be there or shouldn't be there? Or? 
all the time. <laughs> See, I was going to say no. Uh, they're not arguments, of course. They're never an argument. We all have, you know, we all have pride in our things we like. Um, me particularly, I can definitely, uh, if I put something I put a lot of time to, I'm like, I think we should keep it. And then it kind of, you know. Yeah. We're very good, though, about being like majority rule, you know. Well, every band would, down. it wouldn't be a band without differences and, and arguing over those differences exactly in order to make the, the best music possible. Cause that's what makes yeah, it it's a balance of power. Really? Yeah. Well, definitely. I, I see that with the lyrics, there's a lot of uh, influence by Kyle and, and from what I read his past experiences, mm-hmm. um, how do you guys handle that as, as far as what he's writing the words and the vocal melodies behind it? Do you guys just go with it or do you say, Oh, well, I, I think we should kind of change this or this should be a little bit different as far as vocally or, or, or you just let them have full reign. You will probably never hear a lyric from me. <laughs> I'm not a good writer. Yeah, not, <laughs> yeah. I, and I, I mean, I was in bands for a long time where I sang and wrote all the lyrics and stuff. Uh, but at this point in my life, I don't really feel like I have anything to say that anybody needs to listen to. Um, and, and also I just, I don't know. I, I don't have necessarily the drive in me that I used to, to find pretty ways to say those things. Um, I, I think probably since like starting therapy i'm just like i'm just gonna say what i mean now like why why would i say anything else like this is what i think this is how i feel like whatever this is it like i I don't there's no reason for me to dance around it at at least in the way in my my everyday life so that has kind of for me taken away some of that need to express myself in a more artistic way in that regard Uh, but when kyle gives us things that uh you know, sends, sends a vocal track or whatever. I honestly can rarely think of a time where I I'm like, no. am like, oh, no, I don't think that works. Or like, why'd you say that? Like, that seemed weird. You know, Typically, I, it's it, like, hey, this is good. Kyle's already <laughs> thought it out so much by the time it gets to us that it's like, oh, yeah, this is like a fully formed, like well thought out, well edited idea. Yeah, Good there's, job, there's just certain musicians that don't really need editing. And then there are that need a lot of editing. So, so that's good that he does it. And Kyle is harder. Kyle's inward critique is more intense than <laughs> any of us could ever <laughs> dream of being like, uh, he's gone over the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> and so himself and what he gives us is what he is finally like, all right. Yeah. Where's it? <laughs> whereas my sounds and like, general ideas sometimes are just like i don't know like i you know like the song that is going to be the intro on our lp that uh, if everything goes as planned will come out in 2022 i was just like playing with like a shimmer reverb like patch that i had made and i was like okay like i'll do this and i'll, I'll put some stuff on it this sounds kind of cool it's like this you know kind of ever-evolving soundscape type of situation and then Kyle sent it back a full song. And I was like, all right, sick. <laughs> like, you know, it's exactly how it happens. And they're like, all right, finish it. And I'm like, uh, all right. And then Ryan throws the sauce. <laughs> yeah. He takes me a couple weeks. He puts the sauce there. on it. I mean, that, it's definitely working for you guys uh, uh, from Appreciate what I've heard. Uh, well, let me ask you this. Uh, let, let's discuss this for a minute because I'm curious about it. It says this through a lot through your guys' bio about the the gender fluid, the pansexual thing. Is that how all of you guys feel in the band, or is that mainly Kyle's perspective? I would say that's mostly Kyle's perspective. Okay, it's definitely I, something that we 
all agree with uh, yeah it's something in our wheels like yeah it's I, I think it's something that kyle has specifically experienced more than the rest of us mm-hmm. my i've i've always had a very turbulent kind of experience with like what is and isn't masculinity like what makes like a like a man a man i guess and what we're told versus what society you know, uh, so, yeah is i mean rea- is the reality the reason why i ask is that when in my day back in the 80s and 90s you know if i wanted to wear a skirt in the middle of the supermarket i just did it and it seemed like society is the mm-hmm. one that put the labels on me at that time and said oh you're going to be goth because you wear makeup you're going to be yeah. this because of what you're wearing but it seems yeah. like in today's society it's almost like a lot of the younger generation go out and seek their labels and say oh i want you to call me this when we didn't want to be called anything, I find that very fascinating. What do you guys think? Like, is that what you guys do? Like you say, oh, I want to be pansexual. I want to be gender fluid. I want to be they, uh, not he or she. Me, not personally. I just, I'm yeah, I mean, I honestly, like whatever works for you from, yeah, live and let live. Yeah. From, from that particular like perspective that, you know, or like the set of experiences that you had that, that makes sense. I think that uh, I think more so that we are just as like a society. Um, I think there's just more awareness that there are so many different ways that people feel about that particular part of themselves Mm -hmm. that rather than seeking that out, I think it's more so that a, a lot of people now are more willing to say, I feel like the I feel like what I feel about myself is different from what I was told that I was supposed to feel and I know that there's something that can describe what I'm feeling let me go out and like learn more about this and find the thing where I like oh this this term and the idea that it represents makes sense to how I feel rather than like hearing the term and being like oh I want to be that I see. Does, does that make sense? Yeah. Cause I, again, from my perspective is it's always been like, Oh, I don't give a fuck what you think. I don't give a fuck what anyone says or does about me. I'm going to do what I want. And then if they want to put a label on that, go right ahead. I don't give a shit. But yeah. It, it seems yeah, like I'm kind of there still. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure there are a lot of people that still feel that still feel that way. But I think, uh, you know, with, with representation being more in the public consciousness than it ever has been. And like, obviously like still so much work to be done and it's still not great. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, I think, obviously I, my daughter, my oldest daughter, she identifies as pansexual and she identifies as bisexual. And I always think, well, what is the difference? I, you know, I don't press her on it and she wants to be who she wants to be. And I, I'm certainly support her in any means. Uh, so what do you guys think? What is the difference between forgive my ignorance uh, pansexual and just saying bisexual? Uh, as someone who does not feel that way, I cannot speak on okay. that. Um, yeah, I don't I, think it's my place to speak on that. Yeah, I'm sure I'm just I'm sure curious your guys' perspective because yeah, obviously you deal – For sure. If that's Kyle's perspective, you obviously are, are, are friends with him and, you know – Yeah, that's um, – I mean, that's something we've had conversations about a, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Just I've always been like – I've always been very aware of like my heteronormativity and I've never really had any kind of inclination that I felt any other way about my sexuality. Um, 
I've always just like really liked girls and that was never really a question for me. And so I never like ex explored those topics. I was just like, well, you know, but obviously as I've grown older and like people close to me have, uh, you know, expressed that they feel differently. I like, obviously I'm very open to having those conversations and, and supportive if that's something that you want to talk to me about. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if you tell me that your pronouns are in them, cool. Right. Got Let's you. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know? it's great to support anybody who, who, whoever, whatever they want. But at the same time, uh, me in my old school ways, because I'm an old douchebag, but <laughs> I like, you know, uh, I, I want to explore it. I want to talk about it because it seems like Absolutely. people kind of just say the labels, but they don't really explain them. And I, I wonder if some of the people that say who they are, do they really understand what they mean? Because I, I mean, maybe I don't because I'm not in that position. Uh, but I want to understand and I want other people to understand. And I want, uh, obviously with anything, the more you talk about it, the more people discuss it and, and hopefully it, it brings it out more into the open. And, and so it's not such a, a taboo topic for, or, you know, for sure, for sure. And, and I get, I, I get what you're saying. Um, and obviously I think it's a, if you, if it's something that you want to understand, I feel like that's a very valid position to want to mm -hmm. like find out as much as you can to understand that. I just think that, or at least for me, it occurred, or I understood very quickly that I was never really going to fully get it, you know, because it was so, so far removed from my personal experience that I, I don't know, pretty quickly stopped feeling like I needed to have someone explain themselves to me, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, like, Because I would imagine living in Texas, it would be tough. Uh, it, it with any any perspective that isn't normal Christian uh, happy go lucky thoughts. It's not as bad as you would think. Okay, especially me being in Austin, like it's a little bit different of a town too. Yeah, uh, I mean it's probably it's probably fucking terrible in high school. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I would. Imagine, I mean, yeah. and and I I imagine if uh, I mean I also do imagine it's getting a little bit better, but also I think that where we all are in our lives in our late twenties. Um, are you 30, Ryan? Chill. Not yet. So I think, I think we're, I think we're actually all like 28, 29 at okay. this point in our lives. Like they live in big metropolitan areas. So people are pretty chill for the most part, unless you like seek out like shitty groups of people or like shitty places to hang out. Mm -hmm. And where I live, there is a community of artistic open-minded people here and those are the people that i bother to yeah. associate with um so texas is not as bad as people make it out to be so that let let's put that stamp on it well, well, well no no we're not we're not yeah. quite there yet <laughs> uh, i mean I, I think it's not as bad as people make it out to be insofar as that it i think the idea is that the bigotry is inescapable and the closed-mindedness is inescapable um there are everywhere you go, even in like kind of smaller towns. But on some degree I, that's and, everywhere. I mean, because I lived in Hollywood for like 15 years and people used to call me fag and throw shit at me and say, Oh, is it Halloween? And, and you know, yeah. and, and it just, you would think Hollywood, man, what the fuck? Yeah. Everyone's supposed to be, be cool place. here. Yeah. I, I definitely, yeah, I definitely get that. Um, so yeah, I guess to a certain extent you're right. I, every place is kind of like that. But I, I do feel like people on the outside looking in on Texas that have never spent a lot of time here think that we 
are without those supportive communities in some degree. Everyone here loves Ted Cruz and everyone here <laughs> is, a, is, a, is a Bible thumper. And that's really not the case. And I mean, even some of the, the, the Bible thumper people sometimes on occasion can be fairly accepting people um <laughs> sometimes they surprise uh, you well you know uh, not it's an exception to the rule but it happens um, i think humanity but, you know. as a general rule if if they're in an individual setting people can be quite um surprising but unfortunately as a group they that's when they tend to be that mob mentality where they tend to be uh, assholes to the 10th level and you know, that's what I hate. That's why I hate groups of people. Absolutely. But. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Absolutely. There, yeah. There is always going to be a mob mentality around anything, really. I mean, if you get enough people that blind, you know, I think they just act so, stupid when you get two or more people together that with the, I don't know. They, that's how sword collector started. There was yep. three of us. So <laughs> we were acting stupid. So we're, you know, that, and now go. we have a band. <laughs> now with your guys's influence, obviously by goth um, alternative, how has that shaped your life? I mean, are you guys the depressive type? Are you guys like, fuck it. I, I see the way life is. I'm going to be, I'm going to get as much out of it as I can. Or, or how do you, how is your guys' perspective on life? Pretty sure we're all medicated. I'm actually currently not medicated, but I have been for the last like five years. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, I mean, we all, we all have anxiety and depressive disorders. I mean, and which like, you know, it's no laughing like, matter, but you know, sometimes you got to laugh at shit because I, exactly. you know, I had same fucked up childhood and you know, yep. you got to laugh at it, man. That was the only way we got through it. Me, my brother and I, you know, it's the only way you get through life is if you fucking make fun of it and, and have a oh, good I sense of humor. I know that so well. I'm king of dad jokes. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I mean, I didn't really even have a bad childhood at all. I just have a bad brain uh, okay. that doesn't work the way that it's supposed to. Um, but yeah, most of us were most of us were like that. Like, fuck, everything sucks. Like, Let you know, for like, yeah. yeah. Uh, now, how do you feel just, about that? It's just as one far of those as, days. <laughs> as far as like uh, the whole uh, psychotherapy or as far as taking drugs to cure it, do you find that it, it's actually helped you guys or is it hindered you? Uh, I'm actually pretty recent to it. Uh, probably about five months ago, I finally started. Uh, I was very, very against it for the longest time. I don't know. I kind of want to take everything head on and just deal with it myself. But uh, same, same. That's... after, after being on it though, I'm starting to see like, Oh, they they're, there's help out there, I guess. Yeah. I, it was huge for me. Yeah. Uh, Waking well, up without having existential dreads, pretty cool sometimes. Yeah. Well, see, cause I've always been very anti drug in that sense because I grew up with a mother who had schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. So I, and we were poor. So when you see your mother kind of being experimented on by, you know, the doctors that just say, Oh, yeah. here, try this new drug. And you know, she's got a knife to you and because she hears yeah. voices in her head, you know, you, you kind of go, well, fuck yeah. the system. Drugs are bad. <laughs> you know, I feel that like a big thing for me growing up, my dad's been in prison most of my life. He's a big drug user and everything. So I think I was actually straight edge up until I think 21 or 22. Uh, that was a big part of it. Just not wanting to kind of go down the same path necessarily as that. And so I was very, that's one of the big reasons that I didn't, 
necessarily go in for like my mental health treatments and things. I didn't want to do the whole drug route and everything, but as I get older, you know, you're just like, ah, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's try it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm at the end of the road, so literally. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, I was at, I was trained until I was 24, but that actually didn't really even play that big of a role into it. I, I mean, you know, I, like I said at the beginning, Kyle had that venue and my band played there every week, you know, like, constantly and i think for me i just kept myself so busy it was like how can i have time to think about how fucked up i am i have a show tonight like i have a significant other or whatever uh, i'm in college i have three jobs you know like <laughs> i definitely sure. have I, a lot of time to dwell <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but then uh, you know when i when i started uh taking antidepressants when I was 25 um I mean it was like I was like what the fuck have I been wait what is, why why is <laughs> yeah, this taking me so long yeah. you know and I and I started doing it and I kind of you know I kind of started doing it on my own I didn't really like you know I didn't I wasn't in a serious relationship at the time um I wasn't living with my parents at the time and I kind of just I didn't really say anything to anybody really I just like went to my doctor and was just like you know, I'm fucking freaking out all the time. And she was like, well, you've been in here for this before, right? And I was like, yeah, when I was like 17, she was like, well, I think you're just like always going to be depressed. Uh, maybe <laughs> we should put you on something. And I was like, it's just right, great cool. news to hear. Uh, Yeah. And, <laughs> and so, and so I did. And after like a couple of months and I, when I was like really feeling better, I said something, you know, I was, I was eating dinner with my parents or something and I said something to them about it. And my dad was like, Oh yeah, I've been on this for like the past like 30 years. And I was like, you son of a bitch, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? And he was like, what? And I was like, and he was like, what? I've got a panic disorder. And I was like, yeah. And you're just fucking telling me about it now. Yeah, like this would have been really helpful information to know that there was some kind of like genetic predisposition to yeah. this kind of shit. Like I would have had maybe some kind of understanding of like, Oh, okay. This is a thing that he, not just me like feels or whatever. And, and, and so then I was like, Oh, well shit, now this makes a lot of sense. And so I was on it for a really long time. And, you know, to, to your question from earlier, I did it last year. I had a moment of, I was just like, you know, I'm really kind of tired all the time. And like, maybe it's because of this medication. Maybe if I wasn't on it, I would like have a little bit more energy. Maybe it's kind of muting my energy levels or whatever. And yeah, for like a month and a half or whatever, I was like super manic and like, fuck man, I could do anything. And like, <laughs> you know, really like just fucking tackling shit head on and just like, I can get so much done. Uh, but then it, I tapered off again and I'm like, oh no, I'm tired because I work 60 hours a week. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, like that's why I'm tired. It's not because of anything else. Um, so it, it, it definitely didn't hinder me and I don't like have insane creative burst now that I'm not medicated anymore but that level of that those years of medication allowed me to like in therapy work on developing a set of tools to handle bad mental states that now like I now I will like have depressive episodes and I'll feel like fucking terrible for no reason mm -hmm. but I have like I I now have the tools to be able to deal with that because I was while I was medicated I was able to develop those tools and you know maybe at some point I have to you know it makes sense for me to go back 
on antidepressants like that's what's best for me and if that if i feel like that time comes i'll do it without hesitation well musically do you find uh when it comes to music and and being creative do the drugs hinder you or do they help you Uh, because i'm sure that's a lot of people that's on their mind when they think about taking drugs oh i don't want to do it i want it i want to be able to be creative you know so that's kind of funny actually for that uh how i said it was like you know five months in uh I learned a weird way how antidepressants work because I went off of them for three months. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> really talked about it much, but like as starting of the year, uh, we lost a really good friend. Uh, yeah. So it's been kind of a weird time for some reason it, it hit me hard. And so, you know, I kind of jumped ship from the antidepressants in a weird way. And that's when we started writing a lot more and I kind of learned that antidepressants work because <laughs> yeah. I wasn't necessarily coming up with anything better. Okay, uh, yeah, It was okay. really hindering me actually in a weird way, but you're like scatterbrained or yeah, like, like can... scatterbrained and like, you know, the whole, how you're saying like just no energy yeah. don't want to do anything. Uh, yeah. Cause what's good. What, what good is having a creative mind if you don't have the energy to put it forth or, or make, yeah. take it to good use. So I thought too, like, I was like, well, I've been making music my whole life what are these going to help? And yeah. then once you get on them, you get off like, oh, that's what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, if you're not so focused on being depressed, you can yeah. be focused on other things, that's you true. know? Um, yeah. It, it didn't have an effect. It didn't affect me it definitely positively did. or negatively personally. Me, it's definitely, I need to stay on them. Yeah. <laughs> if we're going to get this album finished. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well then so, stay uh, on them and, and hopefully uh, the album comes out 10 times better than you guys are um, making. We are the one song that's like pretty much 90% done is probably definitely the best thing we've done. Uh, they got to agree with some, that. some things uh, I'm just learning more. So it's sounding better. Very excited for it. So we can only go up from here. Do you guys plan to uh, possibly take the music and, and obviously since you're mixing it, Ryan, would you take it to a bigger studio uh, and say, okay, let me get a professional to, to get their spin on the mix? Or do you prefer to have that total control? Not this one. This one, I kind of want total control in a weird okay. way, just to say that I've done it. Um, I, I put the EP together and, you know, like it's, it's good. I like, like where we're going, but I think I'm starting to find out some new tricks here and there. And it's just kind of, uh, I don't know. I, I'm kind of a control freak on this one. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. <laughs> like, I'm the no, same yeah, way. It's a pride thing, I guess. But yeah, no, I think I'm going to go into this one all on my own. And then I think. We'll have to get a master for vinyl. Probably. Well, in other words, yeah, like mass- let's say a, a major record company said, okay, we got, we like your music. We're going to uh, take you under our wing, but you got to remix everything in, you know, a million dollar studio. Clearly, you wouldn't have an objection to that. Like, I love gear. I want to get behind. Let me touch all the stuff. Sure, I guess you can take me out of my bedroom studio, I guess. (laughs) Well, because I noticed... You want to finish this at Electric Ladyland? Sure. I guess. Well, with my music, I noticed a big difference because I have a friend who has a real recording studio in uh, L.A., Mm -hmm. and he helped me mixing some of the stuff. And when he did it, I was like, holy shit, I didn't know you could get that sound. (laughs) You know? I, I definitely know I'm not on par for, like, being fantastic or anything but you know i kind of think my whole thought process is the only way to learn is just do it yeah yeah (laughs) so well i mean is that a goal of yours i mean certainly your your guys' music sounds great but uh is that a goal of yours is to not just be a performer but to actually be a a producer or a music mixer or or engineer or something like that me personally yes i want to own my own studio someday that is definitely a long time goal for me 
uh, go to school, maybe. I don't know. Just learn. I, I mean, I'm, I, I, I write a song almost every day. <laughs> like, it's not good, but. Well, that's the ABBA uh, outlook to, to sit there and wait for the music to come to you eight hours a day if you sit there. <laughs> yeah. That's the way ABBA approached it. But, um, well, certainly, uh, um, what are your guys' plans for the future as soon as everything gets back to normal? Do you guys plan to go on tour or are you just going to kind of play the shows out there locally? I think we're going to do like, like a three-show kind of thing in each one of our cities. I think that's like first on our list of things. Um we are busy though. Yeah. And we, we kind of also like kind of some of the mystery to it of not playing all the time or whatnot, you know, it's kind of neat. It's a different take on a band really. Yeah. yeah. And so as, as I mentioned earlier, as, as I, as I mentioned that I mentioned earlier and then actually mentioned earlier, <laughs> uh, I, I have been in bands that played like once a week and I played all the fucking time. It's and, too much for me. And it was a lot. Um, but people are like, oh, I'll catch them next week. You know, like people stop giving a shit when you are playing yeah. so often. I got and that, so, yeah. so, so definitely, I mean, Austin, Houston and Corpus shows will happen for sure. And then after that, we don't know. We're always yeah. going to be making music videos and basically doing like the artistic part of it, really. So That's you guys yeah, actually make like the videos too. Things. Like, uh, sorry, you guys, you guys actually uh, direct because I saw that. I think Kyle's name was on the directing, if mm-hmm. I saw that correct. Or was... pretty much everything we've done, it's been in house for the most part, plus yeah. a couple of friends helping us. But yeah, we are very strong to the DIY ethic right now. Yeah, <laughs> I I directed our first video, The Chill, um, and I use that term very loosely. Uh, in that regard but and then kyle directed inherit the scepter um and also like storyboarded and did like the whole concept for that one as well um and i know that kyle's also directing and generally creating the first video for the upcoming record for the first song that we have which will be really good but then after that i think we are all gonna want to you know pick our crews and Mm -hmm. um who we want to shoot with and all that kind of stuff and direct forward momentum all the time. But it must be tough, obviously having to do everything like in this new age of digital everything where, you know, nobody's buying CDs, you know, they want everything as quickly as possible. YouTube, you put it on there, they listen to it and they move on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. It must be tough having to record yourself, uh, produce yourself, uh, promote yourself and, and all that crap together and have full-time jobs, right? The, the promoting is yeah. probably the hardest. I was going to say, Kyle will tell you <laughs> yeah. about the promoting part, but yeah, that Kyle's shit is fucking hard. Yeah. Band as far as like musically, but otherwise like as soon as I get off work, I'm at home, I'm, I'm recording riffs, anything. I don't care. I'm just recording. So that's not hard for me necessarily. Of course we have our off days and stuff, but yeah, I'm always writing something. And you know, to, part of that you mentioned of, of recording and producing ourselves. I mean, one thing about this band that is, I guess, a little different is that the only way for us to write songs is to record and produce ourselves Mm -hmm. because we're in different places. Like we have to record ourselves and send it to each other. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just so happens that, you know, we're all fairly proficient at that, at least in attaining like good raw audio to send to Ryan to mix well. Um, so that part doesn't seem like extra effort to us because it's just an innate part of our process. Now, organizing video shoots and things like that, like, yeah, that is stressful <laughs> and it's a lot of work. And, but, you know, 
Now, are you, you also, guys are you guys okay with the whole like? Uh, do you guys put out CDs? I I don't know if I I read that or not, or do you just do everything digital as far as like Spotify and? We put out a tape. We put out a cassette. Oh, yeah, for the yeah. fun. Yeah. Now just that's an odd thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Carlos owning a record store also kind of makes it a little bit easier in that sense and like a different outlook on it. So I mean, we are we all love records so we're gonna put we're gonna put a record out of course we're now why go out. with a tape versus a cd or an actual um vinyl for fun okay fun. just cheap fun yeah the vinyl was it was yeah the vinyl that it was isn't was tape like the worst possible medium Absolutely. to listen to through. but it's also got like yeah. that characteristic like this sucks but i love it yeah as, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. as far classic as alternative goes, <laughs> yeah like you know you just gotta have fun with it really it's just something to own it, yeah. we didn't make very many it was just it was looking for fun I, I, I dubbed them all myself like yeah. uh diy yeah yeah well, that, yeah that's what we used to do back in the 90s is we would go to the print shop and just print out the little labels and stick it on and yeah that's exactly i mean kyle works at a print shop so he uh, printed all the stuff uh and kind of assembled the tapes and then he dumped them off to me uh and i dubbed them and you know we shipped them out to the people that wanted them they were copies of my store right now um, I don't have a copy, but it's cool. Oh, you should have told me that. I was I was at the store like a few hours ago. I went to grab you one. Uh, I had I didn't know. I don't I don't have a I don't have one of our own shirts yet either. So you know. Well, that's like something. It seems to be the perfect circle. Then, if you have a print shop and you have a record uh, store, you guys are doing the right thing to push your music in the right direction. So that definitely play, makes it easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely makes it easier. I mean. Um, the shop has done a couple of vinyl releases, but now we operate like the label aspect of it. I mean, we mostly just sell records, but we do have a small little label that does mostly cassette stuff now. So that was like a pretty much a no brainer and probably will be the same thing for when we release um, the full length. Well, it'll probably just be under our own label uh, unless, you know. So with this new um, release, um, how many songs are you planning to do? Uh, are you going to do a full album or uh, still yeah. a, a few here and there? Or how, how far no, into it are you? We have, I believe, one song's like 90% done. I think we have three others demoed out. I think we're going to shoot for 10 to 12 songs. And it's actually going to be a concept album that Kyle's storming up ideas, writing a whole story. It's going to be really cool. Oh, yeah, wow. I'm very excited. It has a larger it has a larger narrative arc. So there is a definitive number of songs. I think it's 10. I think that's what it is. That each you know based on like the outline for the story i mean you can't the, go wrong with the concept album so i mean that's yeah. yeah uh so it'll be like a 10 song full length um some weird things on there some yeah things yeah we're some, trying some stuff <laughs> yeah there's there's some pretty out there stuff there's some more kind of straightforward like our first ep kind of stuff yeah. um you know well that sounds really lots cool. of synth pads i can't wait to hear it i hope it I hope it comes out soon. <laughs> Hopefully, I you guys so can too. get it done. <laughs> currently, c currently scheduled for like January 2020, if all goes 20, well. 22. 22, yeah, yeah. sorry. Okay. Uh, 2020 already happened. Uh, January 22, 2022, if all goes well. Currently, if if somebody wants to get your current releases besides Spotify, what, do you guys have a website uh, somewhere uh, where people can go? We do, but... Uh, I, I think the I think the easiest place to get it is uh, on Bandcamp. Okay. Uh, we have a Bandcamp, and I'm pretty sure that there's we did two different colorways of the tape, and I'm pretty sure there are copies of the Bandcamp exclusive colorway. 
that are still available there. Um, the regular large run colorway is available through my store, uh, hybridrecordstx.com. But we just redid the website, and I don't think I have that product up and listed again. Um, we redid it like literally a week and a half ago. Uh, you can always just hit us up on Instagram too. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're very responsive. yeah we're very responsive on social media. Okay. Uh, we're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So would they just look up Sword yet. Collector or what's what's Sword your... Collector Texas probably? Yeah, Instagram is at Sword Collector TX, and then uh, Twitter is Collector Sword. I think something like that. Or yeah. Collector Swords. Um, that, that that one's pretty new, so I'm yeah. I'm, I'm still we like just made a Twitter. We were like only on Instagram for a while for yeah. yeah. It's it's at Collector Sword on Twitter. All right, cool. Well, let, listen, yeah, guys, we're, we're easy to find. Uh, yeah, uh, I'll definitely put it in the show notes so people can click on it awesome. uh, in the podcast. And you know, I really I really do like your guys' music. I think it's different, but it's a throwback to old school goth uh, alternative style. Uh, I really like it. I think it's definitely got that it factor, which some a lot of bands out there today, you, you kind of hear it, but you don't. It's, you know, and, and you guys have it the whole package. So I, I, I really dig it. And I, I think it's. Well, so much. That, I mean, a lot. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Our biggest thing is that, like, we really don't want to sound like I don't, at least for me. And I feel like Kyle and Ryan feel the same way. If someone heard Sword Collector and said, this sounds like The Cure. Or like this sounds like this song from the cure this sounds like this album of the cure or, or this sounds like this like echo and the bunnyman record yeah. or if, if you can so specifically pinpoint like our clear immediate influence then we haven't done anything new yeah. and that's like not interesting i don't like if if our music wasn't interesting it would be like why are we putting in all this work to do it you know exactly. i think that yeah i definitely like, i don't think it's a clone and i don't think it sounds like it it's just the only reference people could come up in their brain with absolutely. how to explain it but the music stands exactly. on its own it, it's got that vibe it's got that cool thank you so much transcending vibe of the 90s alternative style without sounding like but but obviously you have to come up with a reference otherwise people well, don't for sure get it i just so, i I think, I think my larger point is that like when someone describes us, I want them to use five different bands. Yeah. You know, yeah. I want them to be like, it's like this, but it's also like this, but it's kind of like this. Yeah. <laughs> and cause if it's just like one of those things, then it's like, oh, okay, so that's what it is. But if you're, but if you have, you know, if you have to keep listening, oh, I hear this, I hear this, I hear this. Then it's like, oh, okay. So there's like something interesting going on there, which is, which is what you did when you introduced us. So like, yeah. that was cool. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's definitely that's, a lot of layers to it. And that's what I like, it, it, that, which yeah. is Robert Smith incorporated. You know, that's the layers, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, man, we, we picked the wrong band name. Robert Smith incorporated with Exactly. <laughs> I can't wait to hear the new album, guys. I really appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate you guys being so open about uh, uh, mental illness or, or drugs or, or uh, uh, sexuality because I, I feel that that's what a lot of people need to relate to these days rather than just talking about the music. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Get the help. It's out there. Yeah, yeah. 100%. So we're pro-drug on the mental ill. That's, that's our conclusion. Pro-drugs. They help you out. Project in general. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All the way around, not just for Absolutely. mental illness. Okay. <laughs> so legalize the stuff, get people out of prison that are in there for the stuff. Oh, yes. You know, like, yeah, that's what there, I say. There's, there, there are better ways to, to do things than 
Nixon's war on drugs or whatever. And like I said, again, you guys are in Texas. It must be hard because prison is like their number one tool for doing anything with anybody that doesn't agree with what they want you to do. Absolutely. I mean, we are we are the home of kids in cages, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. It, you but know, it's like just... It, it, it's, it, yeah, it's... I mean, it's... The, the, the way that our our government or especially our state government and then obviously like a symptom i guess of larger forms of government is like yeah someone's causing a problem fucking put them in cuffs and send them away we don't we don't want to have to deal with them yeah it's like save prison for like serial killers and shit you know get the if you're a drug addict get some help if you want to do drugs and as long as you don't hurt anybody else do whatever the fuck you want you know exactly i mean just in general do what makes you happy as long as it doesn't harm you or anybody else. Like fucking great, whatever it is, like figure it out, enjoy your life as best you can. Um, but you know, obviously now would you guys live anywhere else though? Like, do you like living there? Do you enjoy uh, the vibe that you're at? Would you, where would you live if you could live somewhere else? I'd live in Oklahoma. I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. I did that already. It was terrible. Yeah. Uh, I lived in West Texas for a while and talk about fucking terrible. Yeah, I've lived God. in a lot of places. I think there's a lot of cool places. Colorado's pretty cool. I'd like to go to Oregon. That'd be fun. Yeah, Oregon's, Oregon's pretty nice. nice. It's actually getting kind of shitty, but it, it, it's been heard, nice yeah. for a while. So, Yeah, I mean, I would. my ideal is big trees, Florida. calm lake, <laughs> cabin, not that many people around, or like the fucking rolling hills of scotland or something like yeah. that you know like well that's the pacific northwest you know that's that's what it is yeah. here a lot of trees a lot of peace as long as you're not in the the main city where there's a lot of dipshits but yeah yeah so, so i mean what would i live anywhere else like fuck yeah like you know um, do, I, do i feel like strongly compelled to live anywhere else no like i feel like especially for me as being slightly uh, an outsider in the three of us like i live in a a relatively smaller city like we have like roughly 300,000 people in our population and it's a relatively stagnant place with a lot of you know promise or potential and I feel a compulsion to stay here and try to set an example for people that you can stay here and do something interesting like there wasn't a there wasn't a place like my record store when like I decided to open it, you know, there wasn't a place that like, where, you know, one weekend, maybe there's an art show. And then the next weekend, you know, there's a punk band. And then the next weekend, there's a shoegaze band. And, you know, well, that's true. I mean, if all the singer songwriter band. And so I think that like, it's important that people realize that all of the, I want to get out of the small town. I hate my parents. My girlfriend sucks that like you hear in like pop punk songs that idolize leaving where you're from. Like that's not really the move. Like you should stay and invest in the place that created you. Or, I mean, yeah. You Cause if all to, the cool people like, leave the shitty place you came from, then there's the shitty town becomes even shittier. So you know. it's exponentially <laughs> worse when everyone yeah. leaves and that, and honestly, I mean, and this is not trying to shade Ryan specifically in any way, but it's like a very cliche thing of like, I'm graduating high school, I'm moving to Austin, you know, <laughs> like it's a thing that a lot of people do, mm-hmm. not just where I'm from, but from a lot of places in Texas. Um, now, but, California. Yeah, but yeah, and now yeah. from California, <laughs> a weird exodus. But if you, you know, if you stay and you invest in in your in your your place where you're from or, you know, 
a, a place that at least you feel like is home or that you call home, you know, there's, there's merit to that. And there's like work to be done in that regard. And it only makes sense, but yeah, you know, you're at that point to where you can do that. But you know, I'm sure some, some teenager would probably be like, no, I got to get the fuck out of here. But, and, I, and look, I get it. I was the <laughs> same way. Yeah. It, it was Hollywood here. You know, everyone has to go to Hollywood in California. When I lived in California, you know, it's like, oh, that's where all the cool freaks are at. And it was the same yeah. shitty place as any other shitty place. It was even worse, but it, it kind of tends to go that way. You know, your problems are going to follow you wherever. You yeah. Go. The grass is always yeah. greener on the other side, but until you shit on the lawn and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, guys, I appreciate you being on the show. Thank you very much. Uh, it really means a lot to me that you guys were able to be on here. And when the new album comes out, I'll have you back. Yeah, for sure. We'll come back for sure. Sounds good. All right, cool. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. That's our show. Make sure to check out Sword Collector on Bandcamp. Go to gothicsideoflife.com to check out our other shows. Thanks for listening, and I hope you join us again. Wendell into the night until the sky turns bright and the sun will no longer bring you.